to the word of the Lord this morning. And you know, the Lord decided to, to, to just come down here and, and he said there's a few things we left off the agenda that he wanted to put on the agenda. And so we're a little later getting into the word of the Lord, but we will adjust because the Lord is the master of this house. Hallelujah. The Lord is the master of this house. We're honored that you are here today. Let's give all of our guests a great big hand. God bless you. And I'm so glad to see Brother Joel Heath here today. God bless you, Brother Joel. Let's give him a great big hand. God bless you, my friend. Amen. The NFL season is, is getting ready to, to go underway in terms of preparation. And he, of course, uh, will be rejoining the Houston Texans this year. And we're thankful for that. And uh, God is good. God is good. But we're so glad Brother Joel is here today. And I'm glad Jesus is in the house of God tonight. Amen. Jesus is in the house. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we're so thankful to have all of our guests here. God bless you in Jesus' name. You truly only come one time as a guest. And after that, we just claim you. Amen. We're honored that you're here. Our prayers are today with the Nixon family. And uh, we're going to continue to remember Sister Cindy Nixon and, and uh, all of her family. God bless you. Our prayers are with you in this time of your loss. And uh, we know that the Lord is with you. We're also praying for Sister Barbara Havlovic and Sister Lynn Webb. God bless you. Our prayers and condolences are with you. I'm glad that Jesus brings comfort to our soul. I'm so glad that he knows where we are. I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture. Genesis chapter 41. And verse number 46, I am cognizant of the time. I'm also a Pentecostal preacher, but don't let that scare you. I, uh, I, know, I know what time it is. We're going to be mindful of that. Genesis chapter 41, verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven, Brother Rockland mentioned that number, seven. In the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt. And laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons, before the years of famine came, which Esenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said, He hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of Darth began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the Darth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses. And sold unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore 
in all lands. And I just want for a few moments this morning to preach to you on this subject. There is bread in this land. There is bread in this land. Could we lift our voices and go to the Lord together in prayer for his word? Lord, thank you for this time we have in your presence. Thank you for your word that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray, Lord, that you will minister to the hearts of those that have gathered here today. Oh, God, we thank you for your word that is bread to our famished soul. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing, and we ask, God, that you bless the remainder of this time we have in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It was a dream that Pharaoh had. The, fr- the, the, the dreams that he had upon his, his bed were such that, that he, was, he didn't know what to, to think about them. And he woke from one dream, and that dream, he was standing by a river, and there were seven cows. The Bible says they were well favored, which means that they were, they were quite hefty and, and big. And there were seven cows. And, 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 and Pharaoh looked upon those cows, and, and then there were seven other cows that came along. And those seven other cows were scrawny, skinny, famished cows. And those that were, those that were quite thin and, and ill-looking ended up devouring those that were well-favored. And Pharaoh woke from the dream and thought, well, what does that mean? And he went back to sleep. He had another dream. In this dream, there were seven full ears of corn. They were just bursting with with corn. But then, of course, there were seven ill ears of corn that were just so dried up, famished, as if there was nothing to them. And those seven thin ears of corn devoured the seven ears of corn that were plentiful. Pharaoh was troubled by this dream, and he went to his, his magicians that would normally speak to him and give him advice. And he came with this troubled feeling of, I, I, I believe I had a dream that means something, and I don't know what it means. They said, we don't know what it means either. Nobody could tell him what it means. I, I guess they tried. But when they would try, Pharaoh would listen to their explanation. It just did not resonate with him. And he said, I I can't find anybody who knows the interpretation of my dream. And it was then that the, the butler spoke up. The Bible says that the Lord basically reminded him of something he had experienced. He said, I had this really amazing experience when I was cast by Pharaoh into prison. There was a man in there by the name of Joseph. And Joseph was was a man who God used to interpret my dream. And as he interpreted my dream, it, it came to pass. Not only did he interpret my dream, but he interpreted the baker's dream that was also cast into the prison. Both dreams came to pass just as Joseph said they would. I would recommend that Pharaoh speak to Joseph about the dreams. So Pharaoh brought Joseph before him and said, I understand that you can tell me what my dreams mean. And I love what Joseph said back to Pharaoh. He said, 
I can't tell you what your dreams mean. But he said God can. And he said God will give you, and I love this, God will give you an answer of peace. That is the way God communicates. God does not bring to you an answer of troubling. But he brings to you an answer of peace. Even if there is trouble in the equation, God has peace for you when it's all said and done. He said those seven well-favored cows are seven years of plenty. And those seven thin cows are seven years of famine. And those seven ears of corn that are full and plentiful are those seven years of plenty. And those seven thin ears of corn are seven years of famine. God is telling you what is about to happen. There is coming a harvest like you have never imagined. There is coming a harvest where the corn will grow. And the, and the grain will flow. Where the whole land of Egypt will burst forth with absolute plenty. And it is in those years of harvest that we are to gather up everything that grows. A fifth of everything that comes in. And place it into the storehouse. And he said, because it, if we don't, we will not be prepared for the seven years of famine that will follow the seven years of plenty. Because there are seven years of famine that are coming. And those seven years of famine will devour everything that we gather together in the seven years of plenty. The famine is coming and it's charging hard. And it will devour, if we're not careful, what we have gathered in the seven years of plenty. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that this is an indicator of where our world is today and where the church is today. This world in which we live is a world that is filled with famine. A world that is destitute of spiritual food. I, I, I want you to understand, and I, I try to make it clear as much as possible, but you will not find what your soul needs in this world. You can look all throughout the kingdoms of this world, and the kingdoms of this world do not provide the spiritual sustenance for the human soul. You cannot find in your career what your soul needs. You cannot find in a relationship with another human being what your soul needs. You cannot find in the gaining of wealth and affluence what your soul needs. You can't find in the approval or affirmation of other people what your soul needs. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can minister to the parts of you that are invisible. Joseph was trying to tell Pharaoh, there's a famine coming, but before the famine comes, there's going to be a harvest. There's going to be the, the deposit of seed. He said, don't sow sparingly, sow bountifully. There's no reason not to sow bountifully because when you put the seed in the ground, this ground is going to be fertile ground. It's going to be good soil. And the rain is going to come. And the sun is going to shine. And the earth will be balanced in such a way that there will be a plentiful harvest for the people of Egypt. 
and, and we want to be prepared for it. Now, when we look at Joseph's life, you're looking at a picture of Jesus who is to come. Everything from his own brothers betraying him to be him being sold for silver, him being dropped down into a pit, him being lied on, being persecuted, being wounded and bruised, all of that is directly in connection to the life that Jesus lived. Even to the point that the Bible says that Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. That's how old Jesus was when he stepped down into the Jordan River. When Joseph told Pharaoh there are seven years of plenty that are coming, the seven years that followed Jesus at the Jordan River baptism were years of absolute plenty. It was in those years that the blind eyes were opened. It was in those years that the lame legs were healed. It was in those years that Lazarus came forth. It was in those years that 5,000 and 4,000 were fed with loaves and fishes. It was in those years that Jesus walked on the water. It was in those years when, when Jesus showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Yes, he was crucified. And yes, he was buried. And yes, he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And yes, he poured out the Holy Ghost in those seven years following his baptism. He poured the Holy Ghost out upon the Jews. Thank you, Jesus. It was in the upper room when they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All of that happened in those first seven years following the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that, that, that there's been a lot of time passed since those first seven years. But that great harvest that took place in those first seven years, those years of plenty lasted, hallelujah, thousands of years now. 2,000 years later, we are still blessed by what Jesus did in those first seven years. Oh, I know that I know that I know that there was a period of dark ages, and I understand there was a period of great persecution. And I understand people even now are going through persecution. And I know that there's famine, spiritual famine, natural famine, even in parts of our world today. But don't you underestimate the power of what happened upon the cross. And don't underestimate the power of what happened when he came up out of the grave. And don't underestimate the power of what happened when they tarried at Jerusalem and were endued with power from on high. And don't underestimate the power, hallelujah, that took place when they went out from there as witnesses unto him in the uttermost parts of the earth. Don't underestimate the power of what happened. And just as in Joseph's days, when they gathered together as much as they could, bring the corn into the storehouse. Glory to God. Bring the grain into the storehouse. Bring it all in. I want you to know there is power in reserving what God has given you. Don't lose what the Lord has given you. Has God told you that he's your healer? You better hold on to that. Has God told you that he's your deliverer? You better hold on to that. Have you learned the word of God? You better because hide the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against him. Mary heard the word that he shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And she 
pondered that word in her heart. You better get a hold of all you can get about God and hold on to it. Put it in reserve. Put it in your spirit. Don't let it escape you. The enemy will try to come and take the seed that has been planted in your heart. I know that even as I preach the word this morning, you will leave this place and the devil will try through distraction, through intimidation, through many different efforts. He'll try to extract from you the seed from getting down deep inside your soul. Don't let him do it. That seed is precious. That grain is precious. Hold on to it because it's supposed to grow up and be fruitful and be plentiful and provide an amazing harvest. That's what Egypt was experiencing. They were experiencing a harvest, a harvest, a plentiful harvest. And that's what we have in this place. You have experienced so many good things of God. I I just want to point out what we experienced a few moments ago. That's not to be taken for granted. And that's not to be seen as, oh, that's just emotion. No, no, that is not just emotion. That's when there is some emotion in it. But the reason there's emotion in it is because things, there's things people are going through. And they're emotional about those things. But when they walk into the presence of the Lord, and the Lord begins to minister to the need they have, you you better believe they're going to get emotional. They're going to weep. They're going to shout. They're going to rejoice. They're going to give God praise because God has done so many wonderful things for them. Oh, hallelujah. Here at Tree of Life Church, there is a plentiful harvest. There is love that is growing and joy that is growing and peace that is growing and the ability to suffer for a long time and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and tempers. All of that is growing in this place. And it must be so because there's a world that has no access to spiritual nutrition. A world that is desperate for spiritual food. This is why they look to all sorts of ungodly means to satisfy their human soul. And this is why the world is spiraling further and further into confusion. Confusion abounds in our world today. It is a spiritual famine out there. But in this place, and I don't just mean within these four walls, but in the kingdom of God, in the church of the living God. You know, when he calls us the church, the word church means the ecclesia or the ecclesia. It is the called out ones. It is the church of the living God. You are a part of the church because when he called you out, you came out. You are a part of the church because you have been called out. Don't feel if you're in the church like you're missing out on the things of this world. No, no, no. You're not missing out. You've been called out of this world. You've been called out of the famine and placed into a a place where there is bread in this land. Where there is sustenance for your soul. Joseph said, I have the answer. 
Now, you, you must understand, I won't go through it all, but you got to understand what Joseph had gone through in life. See, Joseph wasn't somebody standing there at 30 years of age having been served life on a silver platter. He wasn't standing there having never gone through anything. He had been through things that were unimaginable. He was betrayed and he was broken. His trust was devastated. He was sold into slavery. He was made to be a slave in Potiphar's house. He was falsely accused. He was sent unjustly into prison. This man had gone through some things. But when he came out of it, he came out of it with his integrity intact because he had served the Lord through his trial. And I want somebody to hear me today. God wants you to serve him through your trial. And if you'll serve him through your trial, you'll know how to have a harvest while the world is having a famine. Oh, hallelujah. I know it doesn't make sense because when you look out at the world today, people are stumbling and bumbling blindly into more confusion. And yet you feel a direction of the Holy Ghost. And yet you have clarity of mind. You know where you're going. This gospel of the kingdom has enraptured you. And you're marching onward to Zion. Listen, we're not living for this world. We're living for another world. We're living for the kingdom of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Joseph stands there before Pharaoh. He says, I know exactly what we're doing. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to gather together the corn. We're going to gather together the grain. And we're going to reserve it. And we're going to hold on to it for these seven years of plenty. And when the seven years of famine come, there is nothing that will be able to starve us. Nothing will be able to famish us. Nothing will be able to overtake us because the seven years of plenty were so plentiful. There is no scorched earth that can intimidate us. There is no darth in the land that can intimidate us. There is no disease, no destruction, no tragedy. There is bread in this land. There is bread in this land. I love what we read. I hope you didn't just I hope we didn't just skip over it. I want to bring it to your attention. Joseph said that in these seven years of plenty, he had two children. These two children were Manasseh and Ephraim. He named them so because they represented something of the goodness of God in his life. He said, The Lord has given me a son named Manasseh, and I'm naming him Manasseh because God has caused me to forget all my toils in life and all my father's house. And I don't know how to explain this except that God is good and God is gracious and God is merciful. But if you will come into the body of Christ, if you'll be baptized into his body, filled with his spirit, oh hallelujah, there is a forgetfulness that will come on you concerning the toils of your life and concerning the problems you have with where you came from God will move upon your spirit and you'll lose the bitterness and you'll lose the animosity and you'll lose the anger and you'll lose the resentment and you'll lose the hate that you have for others he'll cause you to forget all of life's toils what we have here today 
this gathering of people. You don't, don't let the Sunday go to meet and close fool you. These are real people, real human beings who have gone through real trial and real crisis and they've got scars and they've got baggage and they've got pain and they've got skeletons in their closet and they've got issues and they could all tell you about them. We could just take one right after another and we could all say, yeah, I've been through this, been through that, this happened to me, that happened to me, wish I never had to go through it. But something about coming into this land where there is bread. Something about the plentiful harvest of God. I stand here today and my mind isn't on what I've been through. My mind isn't on what problems I used to have. My mind is focused. My mind is focused. There's a famine in the world around me. We've got to have bread for them. The same bread that fed my hungry soul will feed my neighbor's soul. Hallelujah. See, that's what you have in the church. You have people who have forgotten their toils, who have forgotten all their father's house, all that they came from, all the baggage. He said, then the Lord gave me Ephraim. And I named Ephraim Ephraim because the Lord had caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And I want you to know something about serving God. God will cause you to be fruitful even in the land of your affliction. When it doesn't look like you should be able to be fruitful, God will cause you to be fruitful. People might look at you and say, how can you have peace when you've gone through what you've gone through? You say, God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. How can you have joy when so much sadness has emerged in your life? God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Hallelujah. Hear me, tree of life. Hear me, tree of life. We do not sorrow as others sorrow. We are different than, we are different, not different in the sense that we're better than other people, but different in the sense that he brought us out of the darkness and the sadness and the sickness, and we need to stand upright and declare the goodness of the Lord. You need to shout it on the rooftops. Go tell it on the mountain and tell it in the valley low. Tell somebody, God has been good to me. Oh, hallelujah. You could be living on the street with people who have no bread in their homes. You could be living in the same neighborhood with people who have no bread in their homes. That's why their barbed words and their snide comments and their sarcastic animosity about your walk with God. You should not take offense to those things. They are speaking from a famished perspective. You are blessed because Jesus Christ has paid it all and you know it and you believe it and you repent it from your sins because of it and that's the only reason I'm trying to hurry along here, but let me take a moment and tell you that's the only reason we can be here today. Not because of our goodness, but because of the goodness of our God. Thank you, Jesus, that you allowed me to be baptized in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, that you allowed me to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. 
You know, you know, somebody said, did you get the Holy Ghost? I like to say it this way. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Because the Holy Ghost isn't something I went and got. It's something he gave me. I couldn't go. I, I can't reach up into the ethereal places where the Holy Ghost is. I don't have the arms. I don't have the reach. I don't have the mental capacity or the spiritual understanding. But my God, who is rich in mercy, my God, who is everlasting in his love and kindness toward me, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, he caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Don't you think that when you're in the land of your affliction that you can't be fruitful? Jesus came to the fig tree and expected figs, and there were no figs. So Jesus cursed the fig tree when it didn't produce figs. And what's so interesting about that is that the fig tree had a pretty good excuse as to why it did not produce figs. The Bible says the time of figs was not yet. Seems logical to me. That's like going up to an, uh, an apple tree and saying, I want some apples, and it's Christmas morning. I need some apples. December 25th, I want some apples. Going to a peach tree, I want some peaches. And it's in the middle dead of winter. The time of figs is not yet. You're going to have to wait. But Jesus said, I'm trying to teach you something. Because the kind of tree I'm planting is the kind of tree that produces fruit in whatever season of life they're living. Let me tell you that the tree of life church doesn't get to pick and choose which season it bears fruit. We don't get to say, oh, I'll only be glad and joyful and at peace when everything is going good. No, that's not who we are. We're, that's a cursed fig tree. We're the tree of life. If all hell is coming against us, we're going to love, we're going to be gentle, we're going to be good and kind. We are the children of another bread. There's bread in this land. There's bread in this land. My God, have mercy. Now, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to make us superior. Please understand my spirit. We're not better than anybody else. But our God is greater. Our God is greater than any idol of this world. Our God is greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you act like the famine of this world exists in the church. It doesn't. It does not exist in the church. This world may be confused. The church is not confused. This world might be spiraling into idolatry and adultery every day. Not the church. The church is focused. We've got, a, we've got a mission. We've got people to feed. We've got souls to reach. We've got a work to do. We've got a commission to preach. God, I want to reach out to somebody tell you, listen, if you, have, if you have become more familiar with and more comfortable with the, the famine of the world, God wants to bring you out of that. You don't need to sit on the perimeter of what God is doing and starve. You need to jump on in to the big middle of everything. You need to start praying again and start worshiping again. Get in your Bible again. There's bread in this land. There's a story house filled with the glory of the Lord the Bible says and I'm coming to a close the Bible says 
that the famine was over all the face of the earth. That's where we're living. The famine is over all the face of the earth. If you don't think there's spiritual famine, just, just look up Twitter trending topics. I don't even know what they are. I just know you're going to see famine, famine, famine. Spiritual famine. Just, just go see. Just go look at what, what's trending in the news. And you're going to see spiritual famine, wars and rumors of wars and, 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 and people at each other's throats and hate and violence and anger. And, and, and that doesn't belong in the church. There's harvest in this house. Woo! I said there's harvest in this house. There's a storehouse here. And Joseph said, Joseph said, when the famine reached its peak, Joseph said, all right. Open the storehouse and let the corn flow and let the grain flow. And all the countries of the earth came from the uttermost parts of the earth unto the storehouses of Joseph. Well, hallelujah. You know what I'm you know what I want you to understand? I don't know. I don't know what you're waiting for. Open the storehouse. It's time to let what you have in you out. Oh, hallelujah. See, the reason, the reason that God is positioning you like he's positioning you and readying you. We're ready now. The reason he's readying you for this moment and this time is because he knows what's inside of you. You've got miracles inside of you. You've got testimonies inside of you. You've got the glory of God down deep on the inside of you. You know down here, you don't care what you read online. You don't care what world leader says what. You know in whom you have belief and you are persuaded that he is able to keep that which he has committed against that day. You know it. You know he's in charge. You know he's great. You know he's greatly to be praised. Open it up. Open it up. Open it up and let it flow. Open it up and let it flow. Hallelujah. Open it up and let it flow. You say, how do I open it up? Right here's your opening. That's your opening. You open it up, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You need to forget all your toils and all the pain of your father's house. And you need to know that you're fruitful in the land of your affliction. Open up your mouth and let the glory of the Lord come out. He is good. He is great. He is greatly to be praised. There is none like unto the Lord our God. Oh, hallelujah. I want somebody just to lift your hands and praise him right now. Lift your hands and praise him right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Thank you, precious Jesus. The Bible says all countries, all countries 
came unto Joseph in Egypt. All countries. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. I don't know what you are coming from or what you have come out of. But I want you to know there is bread in this land. There is bread in this land. There is word, the word, the precious word of God that satisfies and sustains and makes us whole. It is here in this place. There is a plentiful harvest in this house. If you believe it, reach out unto the Lord in this place and say, God, I need something for my hungry heart. I need something for my hungry heart right now. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you something. Tree of Life Church is a special place. It's a special place. And I, 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 I say that, and I want you to understand, we're not perfect and we are quite aware of that. But we've identified who God wants us to be. And God has put us on a path to get there. Hallelujah. So when I say Tree of Life Church, I, I'm, I'm speaking both that's who we are and that's who God is making us. He wants the leaves of this tree to heal anybody that comes in contact with it. You know who makes the tree of life so special? You who have surrendered yourself to God. Hallelujah. You who have surrendered yourself to God. Who have forgotten the toils of your father's house. You don't hold grudges against those who have wounded you. That's what makes you a part of the Tree of Life Church. A harvest house in a land of famine. This place is filled with people who forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. The disciples asked Jesus, how often should we forgive? Should we forgive seven times a day? And Jesus said, you should forgive 70 times seven. That's 490 times a day. I just felt conviction just ripple through the house. Because, because we, we have a hard time doing it once. But he said, I want you to forgive 490 times a day. In other words, I want you to forgive infinitely. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you forgive infinitely, an offensive word that comes your way vaporizes before it reaches you. Because an offensive word has no power over a forgiving spirit. And I just got to tell you, you know, you know why? You know why we can forgive like that? Because we are acutely aware that He has forgiven us. He has forgiven us. Tree of life, if we will keep letting Him wash over us with His Word and with His power, there will be a harvest in this house and there will be bread in this land. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's somebody who says, God, I'm going to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Come on, lift up your hands all across this house. I'm going to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. 
I will not die in this land of my affliction. No, I will not die in this land of my affliction. No, I will not. I know I was betrayed, but I will not die with bitterness in my heart. I know I was wounded, but I will not die with a wounded spirit. I will not die with an offended spirit. I will be fruitful in the land of my affliction. You watch it. You watch it because here they come. All the countries of the earth. This is what people are looking for. People don't have a problem with Jesus. People have a problem with those who say they know Jesus but don't act like Jesus. That's who people have a problem with. If we give them Jesus, he's who they need and who they want. I want to be a follower of Jesus that looks so much like him, people can't tell the difference. And I've got a long way to go to be like my Lord. But is there anybody here in this house that can join me in saying, Oh God, oh God, help me to open up the storehouse and feed the famished. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice unto the Lord. Lift up your voice unto the Lord in Jesus' name. Lift up your voice unto the Lord in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You are here. Hallelujah. Moving in our midst, and I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You are here. Working in this place. Hallelujah. I worship I worship you. I worship, I worship you. Waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, Lord. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who right now I want you to come forward in the name of Jesus if you come into this place and you need God to make a way right now God bless you in Jesus name you are here healing 